0: everybody that is online with us this morning, whether you're with us live at ccmonline.org or YouTube or Facebook, or maybe you're joining us later in the week or even on our podcast. We're so grateful that you've decided to, to take a little bit of your time to learn and worship and just be with us for a little bit of time. Whether you're in community in the building or online, we know that uh, God has some amazing things for you this day and all through the week. So uh, if you haven't done so already, we'll be receiving communion after the message today. So folks at home, uh, head on into the kitchen or in the backseat of your car and find yourself some bread or some crackers or some juice, whatever you have. Uh, and we'll, we'll receive the communion meal together that way with whatever you have so uh, welcome we're so happy to see you and we're so grateful that you're with us on this Sunday morning
1: spirit broken sister there is healing in this place, morning, Father, meek young soldier, comfort comes, inheritance for all. Heaven waits, earth is given, peace is granted. Oh. Seeking mercy, pure intention, it shall return as you seek God. Heaven waits, earth is
2: given, this is granted all.
0: Up uh, and um, this morning they have uh, an amazing work for us uh, on the Beatitudes and Beyond. I like it, that's not the title, but it just sounds it could be. Can we add and beyond to that? Yeah. I love Buzz White Ooh, so. Yeah, infinity and beyond. Oh, there we go, we can do that. So we're, we're so grateful to have you both with us to speak. Uh, Pastor Claire and Pastor Scott are getting a weekend away with family. So we're grateful that they're able to do that. And we're super, super grateful for uh, AJ and Hannah to jump on in today. So welcome. Can you guys say good morning to Hannah and AJ today?
3: Good morning. Good
4: morning. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and for listening to us. Um, we are excited this morning to talk about in the theme of new beginnings, uh, restoration, and blessing, uh, when we heard from Pastor Scott and Pastor Claire that new beginnings would be the series starting 2022, we knew that we were going to have some new beginnings in our life. Um, we are expecting parents, um, so baby Miles is coming in April, and we're super excited about that. Um, and we came back from winter break with some unexpected leadership changes at our jobs, and had a lot of unknowns. <laughs> we knew that there would be new beginnings, and those um, changes really impacted a lot of people that we loved, um, had us asking a lot of questions with the people in our community, um, and it kind of left us in this place of, you know, we want to dream new dreams, like Scott and Claire have been talking about, um, but to do that, how do we find the peace and the rest and the place with God to start asking those questions? And so um, we felt invited to talk this week about um, restoration and identifying the need for restoration um, and also just learning how to be restored. We felt like at the beginning of this year, as God, um, as we have been talking about Ebenezer's, that um, God has been showing us specifically how He wants to restore us. And we had the great opportunity yesterday with some of you to be at the transforming retreat and to experience that restoration. Um, So we're excited to share a little bit about what we've been learning.
3: Yeah, so um, as we began considering restoration, we thought about two main ways that God restores us. One is the long-term, eternal salvation that he gives through Jesus, so eternal restoration. But often what we really need or what we're thinking about on a day-to-day basis is a present restoration, Or do we have have the motivation and the purpose? Or if we have those, can we do anything with it? Are we too exhausted? Are we bound up in the conflict or the questions of of those around us? And um, and building community from there.
4: And then also, um, in a Christian worldview, um, focus on spiritual restoration. Um, And we really believe that spiritual wellness requires an active connection to God. Um, And one way that the gift of God's presence is referred to throughout scripture is this term blessing. Um, And I don't know about you, um, but when I hear the word blessing, it means like almost nothing to me because it's weird in Christian culture. It's weird in American culture. What does it mean to be blessed? Um, So I want to start by kind of framing this um, and ask the question, who do you consider blessed? Like when you think of who are the blessed people, um, who comes to mind? Um, In scripture, we see that a lot of times the words in the Hebrew or Greek culture would have referred to the 1%, right? Those people are the blessed by God. They have God's favor because they're rich. They have God's favor because they're famous or have influence. Um, So who are the group of people that you would consider blessed? But then there's another kind of blessing. um, And I want you to close your eyes and think of a time um, where you knew you were blessed. Um, What did that feel like? Where were you? Um, Was there a certain place attached to it? Who was with you? And how did it feel to be blessed um, in those moments? Um, And I think that is the blessing that Jesus is offering us today. Um, That feeling of, I think for me, awe is one of the things that I feel in those memories. There was a Wall Street Journal article this morning about um, how to experience awe in your everyday life, um, that we often think of seeing the Grand Canyon as being an awe, um, but that there is an interpersonal awe that happens when we um, start to understand the stories of those around us and see how hard they're working, how much they're achieving, when we're grateful for the things that they do for us. Um, and I think... There's a really beautiful interpersonal awe that happens in our relationship with God. Um, When I woke up this morning, and the sunrise was amazing. And light has been, like, this huge theme for me and God. And I was like, God did that for me, right? Like, I know that science did that for me. And I (laughs) know um, that this was an intentional blessing for me and to be in awe that the world um, is working for and with me.
3: So as, as you probably picked up in all the songs, um, the Beatitudes, there's a lot of language around blessing and our most uh, probably we're most aware of blessed are blessed is, that language in the Beatitudes in Matthew that we read um, for our call to worship. And we're going to be reading from Luke um, chapter 6, starting a couple of verses before. And think about it, contemplate as, as I read through these verses, um, who is Jesus talking to? Um, this, this could be you, right? You hear about this great person who has something to offer that's new and different. Um, so verse 17 starts, He, meaning Jesus, went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples were there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. And then looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. And blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you. And reject your name as well as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. And uh, when we were thinking about blessing and restoration, this, this is a really difficult passage. There's a lot going on and it seems so simple. There's four blessings that are offered, categories of people that are offered. Um, and when I think about it, um, it seems... One, sort of obvious, and then two, really difficult. Like, why is Jesus trying to determine who gets a blessing or not, right? Um, But that's not really what he's doing. What he is doing is establishing a healthier spiritual community that includes all people. Um, And Hannah's going to talk about Psalm 1 in a bit um, as a contrast to this. But what I found really inspiring about the Beatitudes is that it gives us confidence in our connection with God, right? It doesn't matter if you are poor or any of one of these categories. But he's welcoming and identifying intentionally those who may not feel like they belonged before, right? And so as he has all these people coming to him, um, seeking out his power, and they're they're in awe of him, right? Um, He has something new to offer them.
4: Yeah, so we have been really um, inspired this week looking at the fact that Jesus wants every person to have confidence in their connection with God. Um, to know that they have a place in the story of God. And as we look at Psalm um, 1 and some of the context of, um, you know, what would I have heard if I was someone hearing Jesus in Luke chapter 6? And this language of blessed are the, blessed be, blessed is, um, was used throughout the Old Testament. Um, in the Psalms. And there's been a lot of study done um, on the beatitude of the Psalms in particular, which would have been the Jewish prayer book, um, would have been a huge reference point for the people um, hearing what Jesus is saying on the Sermon on the Mount um, in Luke 6. And um, a lot of those beatitudes um, are—blessing is based on the action of the believer, right? Like, if you do the right thing, you get the blessing. If you're one of the right people— you get the blessing. Um, if you are righteous, if you meditate on the law of the Lord, everything you do will prosper, it says in Psalm 1. Um, and so in Psalm 1, one, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners. Take or sit in the company of mockers. Um, and you can see kind of that parallel of if you do the right thing, um, you will receive this blessing. And A.J. and I were talking this week um, about how there are so many truths in that psalm. It's a beautiful um, and psalm. In Psalm 1-3, it says, That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. And I love that imagery. Um, and we were even talking, we felt really blessed in our home. We're right on the Kalamazoo River in Albion. Um, And we we were joking about, like, we're literally planted by streams of water right now (laughs) on retreat yesterday. Um, And we feel blessed by the backgrounds that we have and the ways that God has blessed our families as they've followed the Lord. Um, And these passages have been confusing for us throughout Our journey with Jesus because sometimes we're righteous and not everything we do prospers and sometimes we're not righteous and the things we do prosper and so there's this sense that um, You can almost create a puzzle in your head as a believer um, to maximize the blessing of God, right? Um, If I do this then I'll get this (laughs) and um, What Jesus is doing in establishing a new kind of kingdom and his new beginning for the church um, is offering a new lens for what blessing will look like for all believers. So, um, in uh, Luke 6, um, one thing I really like about switching from the Old Testament to the New Testament is they're in different languages, so, like, words mean different things. In Psalms, the word um, is asher, which means to be happy or to prosper. Um, In the Greek, in Luke 6, um, it's makarizo, Did I get that right? Macarizo. There we go. (laughs) Uh, Which is supposed to describe someone who is fortunate. um, And kind of that first question that I asked, in that context, it would have meant, who are the people who are blessed, who are fortunate, who have been given the favor of God? Um, And I love the second part of the definition. It literally means to extend, to make long the grace of God. Um, And I think, when I think of blessing in our lives, right, um, where are the places where God wants to make large his grace, um, where he wants to extend his blessing? Um, And I think the context of this passage is fascinating to me, that in verses 17 and 18 we hear that he is with a group of people desperate for healing. Um, The people who are coming to Jesus just need the power of Jesus to make a difference in their life, right? So he's in a group of people Um, who aren't prospering, right? He's in a group of people who might not think that they are in the right group. Um, And then he turns to his disciples, um, who may or may not have been the people getting healed, and gives this explanation of what it means to be in the kingdom of God that focuses on these specific groups.
3: And um, even more impactful for me, in, in Psalm 1, verse 1, so I, if you could go back to that, actually, um, it doesn't just describe the things that you're, not, you're supposed to do right, in the law. It, it actually identifies who you're supposed to associate yourself with. And uh, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Um, Jesus um, walked in step with the w- wicked, right? And he, he was the one literally bringing the grace to that room and that space. Um, and in Luke six, that sort of that story arc carries through the whole chapter. So Luke six begins. Um, this isn't on the slides, but uh, Jesus is healing on the Sabbath. Right? Healing is a wonderful, beautiful thing, and yet he was um, ridiculed for considering that action on, on the day of the Sabbath. Right after that, he calls the disciples, um, and then he immediately challenges them with this with this uh, series. In the Beatitudes. Um, and then that continues to love your neighbor. So as, as you see this, um, Jesus is establishing this, this new way to live in community with one another, where there is love that he brings and that we access from God, and that connection from God is so important. But it also carries on on what we do as members, right, um, of that community. He immediately challenges the disciples to say, don't, don't worry about just, you know, avoiding the wicked, but love all of these people, too, who may be wicked or, or not, right? Um, all of those barriers or groups, um, he, he breaks down.
4: Yeah. Um, so in Luke 6, we see Jesus' new invitation, establishing a new kingdom, a new way of following him, just like we're talking about new beginnings now. And there's no way to maximize their bless- this blessing. There's no way to puzzle it out and figure out how to be the best Christian you can be which has been, like, my whole life story. Like, how can I just be the best, right? Um, The story is that everyone is welcome, and you will experience more of God as you continue to engage with those who need God. Um, And the simplest truth is that God loves us all, and this version of the Beatitudes is that specific inclusion of all people.
3: And so, you know, to summarize as we move into, like, what, what do we do with this truth... Um, is the Luke 6 Beatitudes, or, or all the Beatitudes, <laughs> remind us that the excluded or, or whoever we might hesitate to include are, are supposed to be included. Um, God is actively welcoming them, and, and our inclusion of them is the way that he pursues um, bringing them into the kingdom of God as well. Um, so, you know, I struggle because I, I wouldn't say that I'm poor. I wouldn't say that I'm sorrowful. Um, so what does it mean if, if you know, if, if I want to be blessed by Jesus, right? But what's that truth is that it's not about the condition that I'm in or that anybody else is. That's important. There's work to be done there. Um, and Jesus talks about that later in the Gospels. But it's, it's, it's all about the condition and it's not about the condition, right? Um, and this reveals Jesus' modeling of service and sacrifice and his pr- very present attunement to our reality, um, everybody's reality is different, and he's attuned to everyone individually, and he could only do that by welcoming everyone um, instead of saying, "Don't don't walk in the path of the wicked," right?
4: Yeah, and we've been thinking a lot about what Samuel Marks shared uh, at last week at church um, about, you know, if you can't say that God is good to me right now, maybe you can say that God is good. Um, we hope that there's someone who comes along and can be the goodness of God to you. Um, and the clear invitation for Jesus from Jesus in this passage is that we know the people that we can go and be the goodness of God to. Um, and that is what it means to follow him. So, Um, One question we have is, how do we find and bring this kind of restoration um, in this season? So, um, one word that has come up for us as we've talked about New Beginnings and Ebenezer's is the word sanctuary. Um, And AJ taught me that uh, in medieval times, a sanctuary was a place where um, you could go to the church um, no matter what crime you had committed, no matter who you were. Except
3: heresy. Yeah.
4: Oh, well, that's true. Okay. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, and you would be, they people were unable to punish you for any crime in that space. Um, and I think that beautiful picture of sanctuary, that there is a safety um, despite circumstance, that there is a belonging that happens there um, that can't be taken away from you. Um, is really special. And I think um, in terms of restoration and where you experience the blessing of God, um, because in order to experience restoration, we have to be in the presence of God and experience that. And we can tell in Luke 6 that what Jesus is saying is that my presence is going to go with you. Um, And so where are the places and people who restore your soul? Um, For me, Lately, um, some of you have heard me complain about our house that we bought about a year ago. The furnace broke. We didn't have a shower for a month, so I showered at Kelly's. Um, We have gone through it. But there's this one part of our house, the front of our house, that has always been beautiful. (laughs) And the light pours in. um, And I just have so much peace. And when I ask God... When God asks me, like, what do you want me to do for you? What do you desire in this season? I just picture holding my newborn in this space and having the light flood in. And um, yesterday on retreat to be able to have a sunny morning um, that just felt so safe. Um, And the presence of God was so clear. Um, And I think one thing that this space has been teaching me is that light is just a really powerful reminder of the presence of God. Um, the way that the sun rises through the front of the house, the way that the sun sets on the other end of the house, um, has been a constant reminder of God's grace and presence for me. Um, and so on retreat yesterday, God was extending this invitation of, um, I think awe that this house is going to take on a whole new meaning for us in a year as we share it with someone else and yesterday we had the chance to go and make stained glass <laughs> to put in the nursery um, for our baby um, and to be this reminder that God's light is flooding in that space, right? And I think there's this beautiful invitation, one, for our, to recognize our own blessing um, when we are poor, when we are sorrowful, when we are happy, to be with the presence of God. But then also to extend back, who can I bring that sanctuary for, Right? How can I be a sanctuary for other people as well?
3: So our, our invitation to for restoration um, as we think about new beginnings, right? Um, restoration is what fills us up to be able to do and um, pursue what God has called us to do, right? Um, those things are intertwined. It's not just the foundation. It continues on day-to-day. Um, and it's something that, that God wants for us. So what reminds you, uh, this is actually a question from the retreat yesterday, of God's favor in your life, something in your house that is meaningful, um, that reminds you of God's favor. How can you create intentional reminders that you are blessed? Uh, so maybe that's that thing in your house. But it can be relationships. It can be time well spent with family. Um, it could be service. And how can you share your sanctuary, whether that is you, Really, right, like just you as somebody who can be safe, or a space, or something meaningful with someone who needs to know that they're welcomed by you and God. Right. So think about that as we go forward um, into prayers with the people.
0: Thank you, Hannah and AJ. We really appreciate you guys both. We. Um... <laughs> how good it is to remember that God has a place of sanctuary for each of us and um, how how good it is for us to be reminded that um, Christ was trying to uh, remind us to think of new ways of looking at the world, new ways that God looks at the world. And, A.J., it's really important for your expecting wife to have a hot shower and a furnace that's working. So these are really important things to learn about in your sanctuary. But we appreciate you guys very much. Um, AJ, were you able to find some friends and were able to do our prayers to the people with us? Awesome. And so um, as we pray together today, um, uh, we'll pray these prayers. And some of these prayers were taken uh, from our this week's book of prayer, uh, our blue book that we call sometimes. And some of them were written specifically um, for this week. But as even as we're preparing our hearts for communion, um, let's pray along, and you'll, you'll see with these guys, there'll be places for us all to pray together uh, and, and places where they will lead us. So in whatever way is best for you to pray, whether it's just staying seated, standing, kneeling, whatever best way for you to connect uh, as we prepare our hearts uh, to receive communion and to pray for ourselves and our community, just invite you to do that. And if you guys want to, for just in case anybody here doesn't know it, if you want to just introduce yourselves and begin our prayers today.
2: Sure.
5: Yeah. Hello. My name is Jacqueline. Uh, we live in Jackson, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Griff. Yes. Hello. Nice to meet you. So we will uh, begin all together this morning. Mm-hmm. Oh God, you we are our refuge, refuge. When, when we are, are exhausted, exhausted by life's, life's efforts. efforts. When When we we are are bewildered by life's problems, when we are wounded by life's sorrows, we come come for refuge refuge to you. O God,
0: God, you are our
5: strength. strength. When When our our tricks are beyond our powers, when our temptations temptations are too strong for us, us, when duty calls for more than we have to give to it, we come for strength to you. O God, we ask that you would be with our brothers and sisters who serve the community, from the school boards to the classrooms, from the emergency rooms to the ambulances on the freeways. I am especially thinking of... Would you bring peace and protection, strength and compassion? Let us learn to respect and support one another. In In Christ is restoration restoration and blessings.
1: We ask, O God, for your blessing and covering on our children and grandchildren, on each generation in our families, upon our friends who have become our family Let your love be written on our hearts. In In Christ Christ is restoration and and blessing.
5: Loving God, we ask for your leading, covering, and blessing of the young people in our communities. We know that the season has taken a toll on students from elementary schools to colleges, and very often the rhetoric of the adults has only added to the stress. Would you bring protection and healing in our body, soul, and mind? Let this be a season where they learn resilience and that your love would guide them. In Christ Christ is restoration restoration and and blessing. blessing. Oh, God, it is from you that all goodness comes. It is from you that our our ideas come. It is from you that there had come the strength to resist any temptation and to do any good things.
0: Thank you both. Let's just take another moment in the silence to thank God that we are in a place of sanctuary at this moment. That we're in a, a place of healing. A place of salvation and a place where reconciliation can come among all people. Thank you. Every time I read the scripture as we prepare for communion, I'm overwhelmed that Jesus would say this to his friends and says it to us 2,000 years later. I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal, that I've eagerly desired to eat this meal with you today before I suffer. For I tell you I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is saying to us, as he was to his friends 2,000 years ago, that he desires to be with us in this place, in this communion meal, in this remembrance of him. And Jesus had the cup and took bread and broke it and they, they spread that bread among themselves, even as we have the cups and we have the, the wafers today. And then when Jesus took the bread, he lifted it up and said, this is as my body given for you. And when you eat it, you do this in remembrance of me. And let's say together, Jesus, we remember you. Jesus, we remember you. Let's take the bread. And the scriptures tell us that, in the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying. Take this cup, the cup of the new covenant, which is poured out for you. And every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, we do this together in remembrance of all Jesus has done for us in living and dying in resurrection and in our salvation. And we say together, Jesus, we remember you. Jesus, we remember you. And let's take the cup together.
1: granted all his joy. can be filled, all who thirst and hunger for righteousness. Seeking mercy, pure intention, it shall return. God Heaven waits Earth is given This is granted
2: blessing over you this morning. But first, I just want to thank AJ and Hannah. What a beautiful word. Yes. Beautiful word reminding us that God's love is accessible and his blessings are for all people. And so what a great way to end the service today that God's blessings are for all of us. And so that, my friend, is good news, that his blessings and his love are accessible to all of us. So Sean's going to read the benediction today as we go forth in peace.
6: Sometimes we forget, right, that God loves all people, right? And, and I loved uh, the definition of a sanctuary that you guys share, because uh, sometimes we forget that we, we, we're, we're judgmental. Right. We, we, our thoughts sometimes are not kind we're not always open you know and for the church to be able except for heresy <laughs> which is funny I think what is heresy I don't know I think it's I don't know what it is but I I, I just loved it I thought that it, it was a it, it was an eye-opener that all people find safety in, in God and we represent God. The Beatitudes are the way we do that. And first it has to happen in us. Then we are able to manifest it to the world who needs it as much as we do. Amen. So we appreciate you very much sharing that good good news. So my wife and I are going to bless you today. Uh, You have been in communion with the Lord. So go forth now in the strength and assurance that the Lord Jesus Christ goes with you and be reminded that his Holy Spirit lives in you and that you would walk in the Beatitudes of life today. Amen? Amen. Bless you guys. Bless you.